0: Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we don't give a fuck about anything except beer.
1: I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading our Patreon poll-selected uh, book for January, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, and Jimmy, starting with a beer.
2: This book is about helping, helping yourself to make yourself better, and that's often... A New Year's Resolution. <laughs> oh, I it's see. New Year's Resolution from Magnify. That is so and fun. it is a 8.3% Imperial IPA. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's good. It's, it's, it's got a, a very bitter aftertaste, actually. It's quite bitter. Uh, but up front, not bitter at all. Kind of like getting the runs. <laughs> On New Year's <laughs> on, this, is a new, this is New Year's Day When you have the shits From what you did to yourself on New Year's Man, this past New Year's Day There was a moment when I was Punishing
1: the bull And in the middle of it <laughs> I could sense When I started making
2: Poorer decisions the night before <laughs>
1: like, like The entire so when you put character the Play-Doh,
2: the, Play-doh in the thing in an order And it starts doing the colors on the way out Oh yeah The, like the entire character of the experience changed And I
1: was like, oh, that's right. That happened too. So this is a wildly successful self-help book. It's full title, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, colon, speaking of shits, A Counterintuitive (laughs) Approach to Living a Good Life. It was first published in 2016 and apparently sold over 8 million copies. But only one original, actually.
2: (laughs) 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 But on Goodreads, it has like... Three quarters of a million ratings. It's very, very popular, um, which is, I guess, why they chose us. Though I'm honestly surprised that our voters did not pick the secret. Uh, I thought that was like a given. But you know, guess, I'm, I'm you disappointed. Know, in the patrons we can still, that they we can still didn't do the pick secret. The secret. <laughs> the secret was that we, we didn't manifest the victory. I don't know. How this maybe works. We didn't have to read we'll, it. I don't know how it works.
1: Maybe they're hoping will we'll, that'll, that'll come back. That one's that's evergreen. You know, that's never going <laughs> to never not going to be terrible.
2: Yeah. Uh but this is the one they chose and it is it's a self-help book. We've never done a self-help book on this before because frankly, they're usually not worth talking about and they and The streak
0: may continue. Still not.
2: Yeah. This
0: one in particular is definitely aimed at men, you know, definitely like millennial men, and is written in a like snarky tone, which is sort of the the thing that makes it different from other self help books. But it's actually not that different from general no. like self help advice. They just say it's, fuck more.
1: It's a philosophy. It's a Buddhism for dude bros.
2: Yeah, it basically is kind of just. Buddhism with the word fuck thrown in. The eight fuck path.
0: I think I have that DVD. Oh, <laughs> the Four <yeah>. Noble
1: Fucks. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Shakespeare play? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's uh, Stoicism for Shitheads is uh, another title I was thinking would apply. Because he just kind of takes some basic ideas that have been around for a few thousand years and repackages them in salty language.
0: It's kind of the, like you know, the idea
1: of a podcast about book clubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a thing people have done for a while. It's just say cunt a lot more often. Yeah. I mean, I we've sold like 8 million copies. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> we've sold, we've, I think we've been downloaded an eighth of a million times. <laughs> more than, more that, than actually. that, actually. More than that yeah. percentage <laughs> is good enough. So I'm going to have beer. Fuck this book. Yeah. Right in its dumb, dumb face.
2: I guess you'd, you'd have to fuck it in its spine.
1: By the way, did you see this sweet hoodie I'm wearing? I did see that. Oh, very nice. Available at the Drunk
2: Guys Book Club merch store. Dear listener, you can't see it, but it's a it's a it's a shirt
1: emblazoned with our logo.
2: Right, is it uh, a T-shirt also? Are you double layering? Are you are I'm you double, double bagging it? You I'm, double bagging I'm, I'm double
1: bagging the uh, the Drunk Guys swag. You know, that's and I wore it to a bre- I wore the hoodie to a brewery the other day, and people said absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, <but laughs> Do you know who I am? No. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, so this is a beer from Grimm. It's called Hyper Suggestion, because there's a lot of suggestion going on here, a lot of suggesting how you should live your life. And this is an India Pale Ale that's 7% alcohol with Simcoe, Idaho 7, And you cannot, as in you cannot give too many fucks about things in this world. That's really nice. That is like a very hmm it's like almost citrusy like no like like passion fruit flavor. I don't know. Something pretty exotic in there. That's the you cannot. Greek astronaut.
0: (laughs) So the first chapter is entitled Don't Try and it is based on Charles Bukowski cuz apparently he uh dedicated his book to no one and he wrote what was it on his gravestone he had written don't try or something like that cuz he um was a lonely douchebag alcoholic for most of his life and then suddenly became successful but he was still, still a lonely a alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> even after he finally sold stuff uh, sold writing after decades but this is the chapter that kind of has the most to do with the title, and this follows the, you know, idea that you shouldn't care about absolutely everything or definitely not care about materialism and status and all the kinds of, uh, definitely on Facebook, though Instagram wasn't really that big, I guess, yet when this came out, because they didn't mention it no, even once. Probably but Probably not. What was this? 2016? No, uh, he, was, he was behind the times. Different time, man. Uh, essentially, he said, like, saying like you know, don't, you know, you'll be much happier in life if you don't give a fuck about those kinds of everyday things, the things that the media tells you to take to care about all the time, like your parents and status and
2: wealth and all those kinds of things. Said the rich guy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I think
0: he got a lot richer after this came
2: out. Oh, so. yeah, was 100%. I mean, there is a certain amount of... Uh, I don't know. It's not hypocrisy, but it's just like... It's the, the whole self-help genre. The whole genre is basically saying the same four things in different ways. Said by people whose entire career is based off telling people those four things. Like but you make people- money off self-help books. A lot of them, that's what they do. But many, many
1: people clamor to be told those four things in a new way to make it refreshing yeah kind of like how every new year's many people make the exact same new year's resolution that they're going to change their whole lives by having a new plan to do the same thing that they should have done 10 years ago which is just like be decent not slob and uh that's what people are willing to pay for so there's a you know, I'm sure billion, multi-billion-dollar industry. Self-help bullshit.
0: And this also, I mean, I've uh, from other. Okay, so he's saying like, don't care about, um, you know, bullshit. Don't measure your self-worth on how much money you make or you know having the perfect everything and it. And, you know, you because you'll just that will just make you really unhappy. And another way I've heard it said is the key to happiness is low expectations. Which is somewhat true, but this type of message is the kind of message that is for upper-middle-class white people, or at least upper-middle-class, you know, like, fairly rich people. And I'm not sure it's it's not the right
1: message for the many, many people who don't have a lot. Well, he does address those people in a different way later in the book. I think he's not saying get rid of everything and be... At, you know, uh, indigent basically re focus your priorities because you can, you have to give a fuck about like you, you can't give zero fucks in life. This is like his exact language. If you give zero fucks about something, you're still giving a fuck. You have to give a fuck about some things. Pick the things that are worth giving a fuck about, and material things are not the good are not are one example of things that are not worth giving that much of a fuck about. Or like. Being popular is another example he gives, or being always right, or being um, trendy, or being perceived as whatever. Like Those are well, yeah. stupid things, because they're not those, really attainable.
2: Well, also a lot of those things, which he makes a reasonable point, you know, is a point that's been made by a thousand other people before him, it's not revolutionary, is that one of the important things in life is having basically an internal set of standards to judge yourself on. And you can't judge yourself on stuff that other people do. Like you can judge yourself on did I do I think I did a good job today? Did I am I doing am I a good person? Not do people like me and do people think I'm cool and or all those other stuff. It's dependent on other
0: people's yeah. opinions and actions, which you can't control. So you're setting yourself up for failure. You're just never going by, to get through that. Just by making, just feeling like that's important or striving towards that. But uh, you know what's not going to set me myself up for failure. It's uh, having a beer. Uh, and this beer <laughs> is called Short-Term Goals by KCBC. Because depending on which self-help person you ask, they either tell you to focus on short-term goals or tell you not to focus on short-term goals. One of the two. Either one is the key. Don't know which one, though. This is a double IPA. Yeah, from KCBC. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It is a double IPA. You know, as they go music, Mosaic, Simcoe, Strata, and Cashmere hops. Barley, oats, wheat, 8% alcohol. Hot damn. One pint. Yeah. Mm hmm. There's no way beer has ever led to failure. So, <laughs> never. Perfect.
2: It's not allowed to legally.
1: They can't call it beer if it does.
2: It's called mm. it wine. It's a sparkling sparkling barley water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Enriched
2: sparkling barley water. Ooh, very rich flavor. Much like we are by our patrons. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by our patrons because they voted for this. And that means it's a very special day for Nate. So, so
1: if you want to support the podcast, if there's one thing you should give a fuck about and you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash club where you can get early access to our episodes, exclusive content, merch, vote in our monthly book poll, um, join us for our live episodes, but most importantly right now is get shouted out on... The poll
2: episodes. But also, uh, we should mention that next month will be our next live episode, and we will be reading with our patrons a here-as-yet-undetermined Nicholas Sparks novel. You can get in and vote for it right now.
0: patrons will vote on.
2: Yes, they'll vote on what we have to do to them and to ourselves. Just like people do on the internet all the time, but usually with less clothes. (laughs) Well... Nate, I think it's your turn To read the names of the patrons Oh, okay Well, you know what? I think we literally got a new patron Just like moments ago Yeah, we just did Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it came in as we started recording So you can throw them in there
0: that Well, familiar. Familiar. there you go Okay, so thanks
2: Derek, Carol,
0: Sarah, Nick, Joseph Joe King, uh, Jeff Tied ties by Bye. Sure. <laughs>
1: Is that a Dutch one again? Yeah, yep. I think so. Mm-hmm. I th- actually, I don't know what that one means this time. Uh,
0: Tracy, Jennifer, <laughs> Nate's tip of the month. <laughs> if I wipe her face with bleach, the cops can't connect me to Jean Benet Ramsey's death. <laughs> you, wow, hear, specific, you heard it here first,
1: advice, Nate. <laughs> Timely. Nate here
0: with my New Year's resolution which is to stop tripping the alarm on the windows of the women's shelter (laughs) how'd they know
1: (laughs) how, how have you done so far with that resolution Nate have you kept it Bill Zero for
0: three. <laughs> Anita Tolik, Barry, Julian, all of you are cocks. Here's a quick review from a listener. Came for the books and beer. <laughs> Stayed for the old guy's thoughts and race. Keep up the great work, Nate. Michael Richards. <laughs> I didn't know he was a fan. Oh, gee.
1: Oh, Kramer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kramer Mm -hmm. Thanks for the support, Kramer (laughs) Whoa, whoa
0: (laughs) Okay, Uh, also uh, Russell, Tyler, Grace, Catherine, Colton I need your your mom to get hard
1: I think you're going to say it a little faster, run it together
0: I need your mom to get hard.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I think that's who it is. Got it now. <laughs> it's Steven, German Nick
0: <laughs> Colonel Angus Colonel Angus Joe Crab Daniel and be- Michael Daniel Existentialist Watermelon Hayden Smiling Bend Over Now <laughs> <laughs> Emotional Support Burrito and CL. Ah <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, why the fuck do I do this? Oh, really. <laughs> For money. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Those are your values, (laughs) And not really that much. (laughs)
1: Enough, though.
0: That makes it feel better.
1: (laughs) Those are some good ones. We have wonderful patrons. At least me and Jimmy could say that right now. (laughs) I believe next month it'll be my turn to read the names. So if you want to make me say things or make me say things about
2: Nate again. It's it's out of our hands, Nate. We say whatever they want us to. We're just the vehicle, you know. Like (laughs) travels through us.
1: If you're interested, a fight tricycle. (laughs) Head over to Patreon.com/slash Drunk Guys Book Club. But back to this book, because it's we
2: give a fuck about reading.
1: So he says you need to uh, kind of establish your values. You know, what are the things that are important to you, and. You, while you're figuring that out, which he doesn't really give the best or clearest guidance on how to find said values well thats it that you part. should also embrace pain or suffering, which sounds like a workout instruction but what he's really saying is like don't expect everything to be easy or don't expect even your life to always be pleasant, especially if you're working towards something challenging it's going to suck most of that time which is very true and something that i mean he he supports a lot of his nostrums with um anecdotes you know like there was a time when this guy did a thing and he was dave mustaine <laughs> like, he was yeah. just these stupid <laughs> stories and like, again the problem this one there dave mustaine the singer and i think singer and guitarist of megadeth yeah. had been kicked out of Metallica right before they made it big.
2: Such a dick, he got kicked out of Metallica, which is really saying something impressive.
1: It is. Like, he would not ride the lightning. <laughs> he was a dick about it. can't think of any other fucking Metallica songs right now. But uh, he entered Sandman. He interred the Sandman. They're like, oh, oh, he's not dead yet. <laughs> They're in justice for all except... Except Dave. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but no justice uh, for Dave. He, um, uh, that's like the worst political cause. <laughs> <laughs> Put Dave Mustaine back into Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he made it his mission, you know, as a spiteful 20-year-old guy or whatever he was when they kicked him out. He's like, fuck those guys. I want to make a better band. And I'm going to be a, and we're going to be bigger than them. And had he been kicked out of basically any other band ever, he would have succeeded in that goal. Because Megadeth has been successful, even though they fucking
2: suck. That <laughs> they fuck, it's awful. I've um, never heard a single Megadeth song, and I don't intend to start nor now. Have friend, I have.
1: Uh, I've I've heard enough, which is like five songs, to be like ooh. But he he was like fuck them. I'm going to sell more records. We're going to be bigger, and he sold more records than. Really, most bands. He's
2: right? like in they, the third biggest metal band as opposed to the first. But is a
1: big jump there from first to third, or wherever they are. Because he yeah. sold, at the time of the book, it says 25 million records, which is an astounding amount of records to sell. But Metallica yeah. sold Especially 100. when your
0: music sucks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right? But Metallica sold 180 million records. And, uh, you know, so he didn't beat them. And he, you know, the guy mentions this interview, Manson not not Marilyn, though Marilyn Manson does get mentioned later in the book, that he mentions an interview from, like, 2003, so, you know, 20-plus years after Dave Mustaine gets kicked out of the band, and he's still bitter and, like, tearing up, like, fuck, I didn't, I'm disappointed in myself. And, and Mark Manson's takeaway from that is he, uh, Mustaine made a fucking dumb goal, that his goal was based on, like, not his own internal success, or pleasure, it was based on this external thing that he had no control over. Like He had no control over what was going to happen to Metallica. He could only control
2: what his band did. And so therefore, and even that's then, important for your goals. you can't really control that as much as you'd like to either. No, but you
1: could um, speak for yourself, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> You've tried to get us to see your band. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, how'd that work out? Uh, I think like, there was a cover, so I didn't, you know, I didn't really go. But,
1: was, um, but I, I mean, he said at least Dave Mustaine tried, you know, put in the work. But he put in all this work and was very successful by any metric except by for the anyone's one he standards, set for his
2: but his own,
1: right? And I think that's one of the problems for this book is that the people who are truly successful at these at many things in the world, when we're talking about success, like celebrities who. Sell a lot of things, reach a lot of people, make a lot of movies, etc. They're probably not satisfied. They're probably not content with what they've done.
0: Plenty of celebrities are um, quite well, just look at how many, you know, die, kill themselves, die early, especially people who got famous young. They really are there any happy child. Celebrity of uh, people who made it famous when they were children and who stayed
2: happy and well adjusted into adulthood. Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah, she had a, mm-hmm. she years. had a rough 20 years. She had a rough 20 years, but she's doing great now. Well, okay. <laughs> it's just her, though. I think she's just the her. exception
0: that proves the <laughs> yeah. rule. Because when's she yeah. already going to rehab by like age 12? Yeah. You know, get it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> So his advice, though he's not so, he isn't so great on actually explaining what to do. Just more, better, better explain well, I mean, what not it, to do. It, it I guess that's said, why the book is counterintuitive. It's a self-help book that doesn't tell you what to do.
2: It could, it could be said that it's hard to do that because everyone needs to figure out what their own values and goals are. And aside from like thinking about it for a while and trying stuff out, there's not really like a thing you could really write about with that. It's more like every self-help book's problem, which is he says three or four things and spends two hundred pages repeating those things in different ways and explaining them a little more. But only
1: gives examples where you could see the rule or the guidance in retrospect. Well, yes, we right. all know the you plural could only of anecdotes see it is after data. Dave Mustaine sold twenty five million records and spent twenty years making shitty metal. Oh, his goal wasn't the right goal. You couldn't have seen that in 1982. It wasn't there to be seen. And it is
0: still technically possible that Dave Mustaine could sell more records than Metallica.
2: If only Napster didn't get in the way.
0: (laughs) It won't happen. But, you know, technically he's not dead yet. Or maybe when he does die, then he'll sell, you know, 181 million records. And then he will have won. Some would say that
2: Metallica hasn't made anything worth buying. Since 1992. Well, Megadeth would say, Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? It's one of the
1: only albums of theirs I could think of a (laughs) name for. Dave Mustaine was diagnosed with cancer a year or two ago, so better hurry, Dave. I mean, it might not be a Megadeth, but there's a death looming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What, too soon? (laughs) Yes, literally. He's not dead yet. (laughs) i think he i think he's in uh, uh remission he's too fueled by spite to die <laughs> i have to beat james and lars i must downstroke more p- chords play more shitty songs
1: that's the fuel that's the f- give him fuel give him fire what the fuck is that shitty metallica song <laughs> I don't know any Metallica songs. It's 90s like, like mid 90s Metallica. Oh fuck, I'm not, I don't know. Like off of Load of Shit, that album of theirs? I don't even know they had
2: an album called that.
1: They had an album called Load, and then they had another album called Reload.
2: Oh. Is nice. just remixes?
1: No. <laughs> just more bigger loads of shit.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Make um, to pray to as, Saint Anger. As the alternative to Dave, he gives the story of Pete. Pete Best. Pete Best. The best man in the Beatles who was too handsome and well adjusted to be in the band so they kicked him out they kicked him out cuz he was the best looking guy
1: and that's that I, i've heard i mean i've heard a lot about the beatles that's that's a a widely told story so i believe that's true then they're like fuck this good looking guy
2: yeah and then for years he like drank and was sad but here, now, or, you know... Then he introduced John times. to Yoko, and he was like, good luck, Beatles. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, but now, just then Pete now. would say things like, you know, I'm, I'm happier now than I could have ever have been in the Beatles, because he had, like, a family, and he, you know, most of the Beatles are dead, and some are Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> and the
0: rest of them are Ringo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Ah, I see you'd believe Paul's dead too cuz he wasn't wearing shoes in a picture. <laughs> uh I mean it's not be
1: it's just because if you play Strawberry Fields Forever backwards or <laughs> you hear him they say it very clearly.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, he's the saying novel? Pete Paul. had the, you know, he his I don't know if his his values changed or he realized that that wasn't what was for him or maybe it was like a you know, I could have been in the Beatles but this he is met also his wife pretty good and then had
0: kids and had a family and had a much more normal like regular life and he was like hey i'm actually pretty happy now he still toured the world playing drums then he said like oh i'm happier now than i would have been if i was in the beatles which at one point might have been true because you know sometimes fame isn't you know as much fun as it looks like on tv he can't know that yeah
1: (laughs) that's that's the thing he could assert but he can't know that
2: it's something you can tell yourself
1: this is called rationalizing. That's, yeah. what, that's that's what's happening here, and many self-help books would warn you against doing it. Yeah. See? I mean, it's for the best. It's for the Pete best. And I'm not in the Beatles. <laughs> 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 I would have been miserable with
2: all that money and pussy. Look at me now. <laughs> Old and on a pension. Sounds I fucking terrible. hate I fucking hate sitars. I would have quit then anyway. He Pete Best was actually born in India. Uh, oh well, that's why he hated sitars, probably.
1: I think like it's in his get this shit out of my brain. <laughs> fuck you, George, and your bullshit of um, religious music. But uh,
2: getting through all that—would you say that was <laughs> a feat? I, th- yes, <laughs> much like accomplishing all your goals and having a great life full of fuck. This is fuck. What are you from? (laughs) Fucking Poland? Who speaks like that? Want to make some? This life is full of fuck. Yes, this is great life. That's the Polish version of this book. Is how give fuck? Yes, (laughs) 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 pierogi. Um, (laughs) This is feats of twenty twenty one, and (laughs) I've got to say I'm, I'm a little scared of this one. It's from a new brewery called Un Anay Brewery. Feats of twenty twenty one, feats like uh like great feats Accomplishments. of strength, not like leg, not like like Jimmy's hands. most attractive body part. <laughs> you don't know that I've never taken off my shoes in front of you, Nathan. I've I mean that th- you're most attracted to is what I was saying. You tell her what you want. Uh, There's
1: a reason why Jimmy's only fans with feet pics makes so much more money than our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: you think. I'd, it's because he I think I have a regular job. But it takes a lot of time <laughs> to put that in. Um, this is. Sounds weird. It's a Belgian-inspired imperial stout brewed with chocolate, and it's 13.5%. And it's going to fuck me up. I really think you should pour that in a glass. No, I refuse. And you know what? They are exactly right. It tastes like feet? It tastes like a Belgian stout. It's kind of unsettling. Like the, the spiciness... Belgians, a Belgian stout sounds like you're talking about a chubby walloon. I am. I don't, I've never had the beer yet. I'm just talking about the lady next to me. Um, <laughs> Goethe. I don't know. Is that her name? I don't know. Belgian names. It's interesting. It's, it's got like the upfront like clovey kind of vibe from a Belgian, but it still tastes like a stout, like a chocolate high-alcohol stout after that. So it's, it's really it's good. I wouldn't say that this is something that makes any sense. It's confusing. But it is 13.5%, so it's only going to get more confusing as I keep drinking it. Much like life. Unless you give fuck.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> With your well someone, just, someone just said, you know, I think it was Jimmy, when you said the life full of fuck where you accomplish all your goals, one of the things in the book is you can't ever accomplish, if you want to be happy and follow his plan... You can't ever accomplish all of your goals. You just keep progressing towards your things you value and reshuffling your priorities in life to get
2: there. This was be- this was one of the parts of the book that I I, I think I agreed with the least because the rest of it was pretty common sense shit. Like you know, don't buy shit that's just, stupid. Uh, learn what's important to you. Sure, yeah, but here it, it's when he said like I, I wrote it down because it was. There's a
1: whole spiel about how you can never be right. Is that what you're talking
2: about? Well, no, it's the, um, it's happy. You, get, you, you need problems to solve to be happy. If you don't have any problems to solve, then you aren't going to feel good, which is not true for, any, for everybody. He's coming from like a very like, you know, type A, solve these things and get things done mentality, which a lot of people don't have. I don't know if that's true. I think I read that as you need to have something
1: to do to be happy.
2: Yeah, I mean, he uses the word problem to mean like well, challenge a task to achieve. Task. Yeah, yeah, which is, is true. You know, you do need you know some things, but not everybody necessarily needs like a driving series of things they need to do. Some people just want a fucking vibe. But I think he addresses that, too, in the book, where,
1: you know, that your goals, especially at the point where he goes into, like, you are not special chapter. Yeah. Like, your goal, having lofty goals, like, I'm going to be a rock star, or I'm going to fuck more women than Wilt Chamberlain, or whatever the fuck your goals are, (laughs) those are not for most of us. Those are, for statistically, those are goals for nobody, right? Like, we need to have mundane goals, like have a meaningful relationship with my partner and a healthy family life and a f- fulfilling career which are not very sexy goals but those are those are i think the same kind of problems that he's talking about you need to yeah. have like those are those are unending problems right like you're never done with your relationship with your spouse you're never done with your career you always have to keep doing stuff toward towards it yeah so i don't, i think that's
2: Fair, make yeah, it makes a certain amount of sense. I don't know. I, I just, I, it's maybe it's because the rest of the book. He's he's clearly like a driven person. Driven, driven to, mostly
1: to just tell us how much pussy he used to get. Yeah, that's a lot of the book. Yeah, is bragging he, about. He, it. He's like, I was so unhappy when I was just fucking all the time. You I know what a I mean, trench bro? Dick. <laughs> it was just after a while, like I couldn't even like all my fingers smelled like pussy. I didn't even know. Like, I couldn't even show off to my bros. It was, it was very... My penis went into a coma. Well, I, I it was think, so over-exerted.
0: I think what he did, what he, for years, he wrote a blog about dating. That's
1: what yes. he did. He wrote a dating blog. And he wrote a book about it. He was published, some of it was published as a book. This is not his it's like book. how
2: to attract people kind of thing, which doesn't have I, its own Wikipedia page, so it tells me it's not very important.
1: And I, went, I, I looked at it, I was like, is this one of those, like, pickup artist books? Or is it more... I think it's probably not.
2: He's okay. I think it's probably not anything anyone needs to ever read, but I don't think it's anything like sociopathic
1: <laughs> It was so much pussy I got yeah. dehydrated from coming like it's just that's what he talks about and then <laughs> another he does a lot of humble brags, you know You know when I went and toured the world and traveled and lived in 55 countries for several years
2: I did it for the wrong reasons like, there's that chapter, you're like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, like, a fulfilling relationship with my wife is so much more important than banging someone in every country I went to and, you know, cocaine But I'm doing glad I did both so I
1: could know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: There is something of the self-help perennial optimist thing where it's like, I did this thing, and it was bad and stupid, but I learned from it that now I like this other thing.
2: I fucked like, there's everyone, no so you don't have to. I'm going to tell you it's not that cool. Trust me, I did it. Just leave that for us professionals to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Nate?
2: It's a self-help grift.
0: I, I feel like for the self-help, for self-help gurus, you have to have some sort of credibility. As in, like, I was successful. I have been successful, or else, what are you selling, you know? Take it from me, this
2: nobody who's never done anything, how to live your life. There's a bunch of them, though, that their whole life has been making self-help shit. Fucking Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins, uh, what, the guy who was on the poll also, the rich dad, poor dad guy? What the fuck did he do? Not much, I don't know. He just wrote rich dad, poor dad books and made a lot of money, and now he's the rich dad because they bought his books.
1: I could not even know the name of the dude. Uh, you
2: could say Robert any name.
1: Robert Kiyosaki. Sure, I, like I believe you. Yeah, but I mean, a
2: lot of self-help... You could have said
1: Charles Manson. And I'm like, wow, what a what a terrible, inconvenient name.
2: How to no win friends about. and murder people. Charles Manson. Rich dad, dead dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of self-help... Uh, it's It's not a full grift, but it's... It's grift Sometimes borderline. I can't believe it's not grift. <laughs> yeah, it's the margarine of a grift. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, It's because it, it, it makes you feel good. It's, because what it is, is you read them, and you think, yeah, reading this has made me better. I know what to do now. But then you don't actually do the thing. Because or you can't, it, you can't ever come away completely
0: satisfied, because then you won't buy the next thing.
2: Or yeah, the because next you have to, to help, help yourself. Book. They can't or, help you you know
0: why is the self help industry so gigantic if it actually helps people you know the problems are never
2: ending you know is what i'm saying it's like think, the diet industry it's eat less move around a little you know it's, it's more complicated than that for some people yes but self help is also for it's the same thing over and over again find out what you want to do do that thing don't do other things Good luck, profit, success, <laughs> <laughs> profit. Yeah, steal underpants. It's like I'm glad someone got that. <laughs> it's
1: like worrying about you know he does you know should've, I should have had this earlier, but he tells you to not worry about stupid things and instead you know like if you if you have a big goal just start working on that goal. Don't worry about all the details. Don't worry about it being perfect. You know like don't worry about stupid things like if there's a cream cheese shortage. <laughs> This beer is called The NYC Cream Cheese Shortage is no joke from Evil Twin Brewing New York City It is a 10% triple IPA double dry hopped with Citra, Galaxy and 2.
2: How will I start my bagel empire if there's a cream cheese shortage Just start just get other types of schmear like it's not You can't have a bagel store without any cream cheese And you can't bake the bagels ahead of time they're bad after 35 minutes Do you
1: know I learned this just the other day. You know Italian bread? When like, you have it out for more than an hour and a half and it turns into stone, mm. like as mm. if it's if it saw Medusa? Yes. You could rehydrate that and make it soft like a fucking
2: bread fountain of youth. But you just put it in the microwave with like a wet paper towel or some shit?
1: You just kind of wet it and throw it in the oven for five minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's like turning back the hands of time.
2: It's, it That's shouldn't be. that song be. is about. If I could That's turn she back re- time, I'd make another sandwich with that Italian loaf <laughs> from yesterday. Yes. <laughs> that was the true meaning, the semileaning
1: of... And she would share it with others. She would take back that bread that hurt you when you bit into it, and you'd stay <laughs> for more antipast.
2: <laughs> Do you believe in dessert after, <laughs> after lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel something inside myself. <laughs> I got you, babe. Okay, so.
0: I've got you, bread.
1: you <laughs> only always going to look on the sunny Bono side of things. <laughs> that, that stale bread. You could resurrect it. It's like the Lazarus of dough products. Maybe, <laughs> my point is, you could do that with bagels. I'll just have yeah, to ask, probably could. You know, someone. Like, There's a way. This is great beer, by the way. <laughs>
2: Definitely going to sponsor us.
1: What else happens in the Superbook? What else does he say to do? He
2: had this one line that was funny because it was ignorant. Um was ignorant? <laughs> yeah, it's wildly ignorant. Uh, I mean, he does have his uh, counterpoint afterwards. That, you know, it's fair. But his ignorant line was, uh, he's talking about uh, people in Russia. And he's like, I remember discussing because how people in Russia are like blunt and straightforward and frankly assholes. Uh, because life is hard there. And uh, he said, I remember discussing this dynamic with my Russian teacher one day. He had an interesting theory. Having lived under communism for so many generations, with little to no economic opportunity, and caged by a culture of fear, Russian society found that the most valuable currency to be to be trust. Which ignores thousands of years of abject despair that Russians lived under. Communism was not necessarily the thing that broke them. All of Russian history has been very tough. Yeah, it's like, well, these last 70 years really just put a damper on the well-known, joyful Russians.
1: Isn't that true, though?
2: (laughs) I mean, communism sucked, but... Although, here's the thing... Not much worse than the serfs.
0: (laughs) I mean, Russia was never really a... I mean, never a free country with freedom of speech.
2: I mean, could you ever really say what you wanted? Just Could you ever really riot. tell the truth? You say it to each other, but not to anyone in power. Maybe
0: there was a maybe there was a period of time, sort of between the fall of communism in 1991 and Vladimir Putin becoming uh, the becoming being named the president on uh, December 31st, 1999, or maybe like just then in just, 1916. Just between there, just
2: between there? Oh no! Under the czar? Hell, no! Like, no. Right, right, <laughs> when they killed the czar, right before Lenin took power. Oh, right. So, like, right in, in, the, the, in every in revolution, the in they have a few months of freedom. That's it.
0: Yeah, I'm still, it's
2: like an eclipse. Still that <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> it is time for the free
1: speech eclipse. <laughs> it's like when Halley's comet goes by, the Russians <laughs> can speak openly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I yeah. think.
1: Like all the anecdotal shit in here, and when he talks about various historical things, it is grossly oversimplified. It comes, and from,
2: it comes also from like a, a very uh, evident like rich kid finance bro background look at the world. Because he worked Whoa, in finance cool? for six weeks, and then he got fired for, and I quote, his boss said he read too many books at work. Unless you're a fucking book
1: editor, you shouldn't be reading books yeah. at work.
2: That's like, I, yeah, that's ridiculous, So like too many man. books was one? It wasn't a prospectus on the on why Quibi is going to be great. <laughs> Nobody read that one. Because it didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Quibi.
0: <laughs> I don't but know. Somebody he, was probably paid to write that. They just had to lie a lot in it, but, you know, it was probably written. I mean, that's that's the whole industry.
1: <laughs> I think one piece of advice he says that's good. I don't know if I said this now. I'm forgetting because I got distracted is
2: you should give more fucks.
1: Oh, well, I have to I have to I have to ration my fucks. That's the lesson of the book. You can only give so many fucks.
2: We said there was only one thing that was good, so that's okay.
1: The end. No. <laughs> the, the the attitude most people have about projects or creative endeavors is like, oh, I should get an idea, and then I work on that idea and make a plan, and then I'll do it, and it'll be successful. And most people never get to the point of doing the thing, you know, where it's like, I'm going to write a book. I have an idea. Well, let me think about it more. And you never actually start. Or I'm yeah. going to form a band, or I'm going to start my own company.
0: Start a podcast.
1: We could, we hey, could talk we about that it. a little bit. Yeah, we can,
0: can write the book. And, we, and we're successful. Could write the book Made and then review it here. Millions of dollars.
2: In Zimbabwe. <laughs> dollars. <laughs> Stiper, inflation, inflation currency. Dollars. <laughs> Several wheelbarrows of money.
1: <laughs> we'll be the biggest ballers in Weimar, Germany. <laughs> but he, he does make a good point. Like, don't, no, like the best way to do that is that's not how it really works. What really happens is you could see it as like this unending cycle of like, you do a thing, you get ideas, you keep, you are inspired, you do more things based off of that. Oh,
2: uh, This is the don't do things and we don't wait for motivation to do things. Do the things and that will create motivation because you're doing them.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's,
2: I don't know, Nate, would you no, agree? That, that, that might, might be 100%. true for the way this podcast started. But yeah, that, I mean, that, that, he's totally right. You, you can't wait to start things. You have to like, it, just it's, not a, it's not a it.
1: space shuttle launch where you need perfect conditions usually. you know, no. Just absolutely. start doing something more and like that you, momentum will generate. You try something and when that fails and
0: then you fix it and then when that fails and then maybe the third way to fix it is actually a really good way to fix it and then you'll be successful. It's kind of like you've got to fail a bunch of times or once you fail it a bunch of times then you'll know what to do. But if you never actually try that first time and then fail at it you won't ever figure it out
1: it was an this,
2: entire yeah. song in Chitty Chitty bang bang
1: it's also the fucking edison quote right when he's like he whatever the number is like he i had, had a light bulb a, a 1000 times i fucked up making a light bulb i was plugging it into my ass <laughs> and then <laughs> it's it's
0: more like i figured out a thousand ways
1: not to, to not make a light bulb to make a light yeah like i could do but that he today kept trying <laughs> And stealing the intellectual property of his employees. (laughs) And he eventually made it, right? That was his goal. And he did it. God damn it, he did it. So, it's again, it's not not like anything else, but it's not really a new idea. It's just a repackaging of something else. But I found that, I was like, that actually kind of spoke to me a bit. Because Nate and I spent like two years talking about or thinking about doing this podcast before we did episode one. And then we were finally like, fuck it. let's Let's just 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 come
0: over we'll do it right now we'll record it edit it figure out how to post it
1: and then we'll have started the podcast all in one day (laughs) and then and the rest is celebrity will ensue just that last step is that that's the doozy success
0: (laughs) and we haven't missed a tuesday since then yeah but see you guys did it
1: well that's that's kind of the point like that's yeah. good advice for for some people or at least I like spoke like I was like yeah that's right that's what you have to do. And that's the whole thing about self-help books. It's the same fucking advice. But it just they package it in different ways to reach different points of the population. In
0: you know? this guy's packaging is a snarky attitude and he says the word fuck a bunch of times. That's his packaging.
1: And it his- has just some it, it just forced not very funny writing. I wasn't, I, I say fuck a lot, so I wasn't yeah, like, I fuck impressed. all the time. I, sometimes I make fuck, you know, like <laughs> as they do in Poland,
2: Jimmy. Your <laughs> love for me is like a truck. Berserker. Berserker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I had highlighted one passage that was like pretty early on in the book. I was like, all right, this is just, this feels like someone that's trying really hard to be. You know, clever. And so he's talking about like how many fucks to give or not giving fucks. And when you give a fu- don't give a fuck about something, you feel bad about it. Or you give a... You know, like he called it like the feedback loop, right? You care, but then you feel like you should be caring about this other thing. He should that have called it care- the fuck back loop. loop. Ooh. Mm. That's um, the prison showers. That's what's <laughs> running the train on someone in the prison showers is the fuck back loop. That's fine. So he says... While not giving a fuck may seem simple on the surface, it's a whole new bag of burritos under the hood. Oh, I remember the bag of burritos. I you? don't even know what that sentence means, but I don't give a fuck. A bag of burritos sounds awesome, so let's just go with it. I see what he's saying there, and it's dumb. It's it's, <laughs> it's really forced. It's not like he's speak. He's trying to make it sound like he's speaking this. You know, like we're having a conversation. We're like He wrote really it makes like sense? a TED know, talk. Just- is that, I think he wrote it as a, a blog or an article. An I mean, article yeah, found. everything he writes sounds is a blog.
0: more like he just wrote these blog articles and then collected them and put them in a book. Yeah,
1: but that that come on, that's incredibly forced, fake yeah. it's, shit it's, there. And that's it's, the tone it's of the book. It is hokey. So I don't know. We're not finance bros, otherwise we'd be having making too much money to do this podcast. But. <laughs> We're in the age group that he's advertising to. At least me and Jimmy are. We're, in the, we're the age group that he's aiming at, right? Like millennial dudes.
2: Who have are the you, means to uh, quit everything and do what they want for a few years by living off of their friends and or relatives. Or even
1: the desire to. Because I think that's really not a desire that exists in the same way for people who are very desperate, or, you know. If you're really poor, you're not like I want to quit this and open my own restaurant. You're just like I don't want to be poor.
2: Yeah, that's it's it's not any people who don't have a choice. They have the choice and the disposable income to buy a self-help book. Yeah, or
1: (laughs) go to the Z library like the Germans do and pick it up. But it's, (laughs) um,
0: I think the biggest thing this book has going for it is a catchy title that like was the right the right sort of mix of both cleverness and apathy to get people to be like huh okay that's different yeah it's, and it's, and it's, so it's that's of, why and then became became successful enough to get on a a list you know and then more people saw the name and were like oh okay I'll read that and then that more success success creates more success
2: yeah, I mean, it's also because it says the same thing as every other self-help book, just with the word fuck more. And there are also not
0: that many self-help books aimed specifically at men. Most, I think, are for women. Totally. Yeah, probably.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, mean women just buy more books but... in general, but I feel like also they're largely yeah, like for women. If you look at the self-help section in, like in a bookstore or online, it's, a lot of it is for women. For whatever no, reason this... that is, I couldn't tell you, but... Could this
1: be, and this may be more dated anecdotal kind of thinking or experience, but that's every men don't like to admit that something's wrong? Like, he does actually address that in the book, right? Like, yeah, men, men, women are more likely, or maybe I was thinking of something else, but someone I've read this recently women are are more likely to
2: ask for help,
1: yeah, and men aren't. So, self help books, like, I can picture men above a certain age like 42 and older like self-help books that's for insert dated term for homosexual here yeah. and they're, they're not going to I help myself in the shower every morning yeah i don't need help nothing that some a black coffee and some pussy and a, a 30 rack of paps won't cure and fixing an engine like there's I'm a certain some coffee grounds mitt. into my open wounds yeah Taking an open door shit and making my family <laughs> walk by and get me the newspaper—that's what I need. Like, that, there's a certain percentage of the pop, like a certain age where, they're like, I don't need help. I have all the answers I need. And then mean things are shifting generations as you know, millennials and the whatever the uh, snowflake bitches that came after us are called. That he does talk about them too in this book, as like the participation Z? trophy. Is he after us? I think Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. But the you know. The kind of trigger warning, everything is offensive. I need a safe space. Kind of people he talks about them in this book this is, of course, a generalization. Just like calling all millennials one thing is a great, you know, generalization. I mean, look, that includes
2: me, you, and Nate. And Nate was born in a log cabin, so <laughs> t- <laughs> it was- Michael, that's ridiculous. They hadn't invented logs yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Trees hadn't evolved yet to be chopped down. It was yes. still
2: large leaved flora. <laughs> it was just all ferns. The whole planet <laughs> just ferns. <laughs> the
1: Homo erectus is. We're able to make a thatch hut. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe there's something about that too. Like the, the millennial guys reaching the age where they're like, wow. I can no longer rely on being young and having and using that as an excuse for everything. You know, I'm like, well, I'm only 23. I got plenty of time to figure that shit out. And but now, at a certain point, you're like, well, I'm 35 now. Fuck,
2: and I hate to get it together. It's like I'm I'm 35 and I hate this.
1: I can't do this forever, or I'll turn into my fucking dad, and that killed him. Being my dad killed my dad. <laughs> <It> did, yeah. <laughs> so there's also just a, a cultural shift that's happened. And this kind of was just timed perfectly, I think.
2: It's full of, as you said, like anecdotes. A lot of anecdotes that illustrate his point. And to varying degrees, I don't know if any of them are true. Um, and some of them are just like weird arguments he posits that are objectively not true. So just so we can like tear up he's he's a bunch of straw men, bunch of straw men shit. Like uh the Romeo and Juliet one, when you talk about like realistic goals and values and like relationships, he's like Romeo and Juliet is synonymous with romance in our culture today. It is seen as the love story in English speaking culture, an emotional ideal to live up to. And it definitely isn't. No, well, amongst learned people, and people yeah. who've read it, but people or do even have seen a sense the movie.
1: People... <laughs> Filmed people, but filmed people, <laughs> people think Watch of it. Romeo and Juliet. It has the reputation of being a great love story, even though it's fucking dumb. But it has that reputation. Like, oh, you know,
2: does Romeo it? People, and Juliet, do people see the, the, that the, as the, like the, the, the star-crossed love lovers live
1: up to? I don't know. If people want to live up to the plot of it. I'm going to live <laughs> up to the finding your soulmate kind of thing. And then killing yourself two
0: days later. Oh, yeah. The way it's supposed to happen. Intense. Yeah.
1: I didn't read it as... uh, If you're a 15-year-old boy and a girl touches your penis, you'll do a lot of things.
0: Including kill yourself. (laughs) I didn't read the book as uh, straw men. It just way oversimplified. Yeah, it was... And it doesn't have a good explanation of what to do. More like, you're some things you shouldn't do, which aren't necessarily bad advice, but... It's like, a light bulb approach. But what do you do? But then again, how do you write a self-help book for... What, how do you give a positive prescription for what to do? That's very hard because people are very different. Yeah. Uh, that is very difficult to do, and I'm sure other self-help people
2: make that more their message. And the, the number of people... like People will read this, like all self-help books, and, like, you read it and you feel good about, like, doing stuff and, like, taking charge. And then, like, reality sets in. And you're like, I can't fucking quit my job and go surf on my friend's couches for years. Like, even if you don't have a family. If you have a family, you can't. It's irresponsible. If you, even if you don't, it's still very hard to do that sort of thing. And maybe you don't know what you want to do, but you can't just quit. And just try and figure it out. It's hard. I mean, you can, and people fantasize about it all the time. But, you're like, oh, this guy did it, so maybe I should too. Like, no, you can do both. You can suffer through the day to day and figure out what you want to do. But, like, saying, yeah, fuck it, it's holding you back. Like, that's, it's, I don't want to say, like, irresponsible. Like, we're all supposed to be good citizens and, like, contribute to society, but just, like, just for your own self well being, like, That's a drastic step to take.
1: It's the sort of thing, as you guys have said, that people of means are able to fantasize about. And people People from different backgrounds don't even fucking consider that kind of thinking. No. Like, I remember going to college, my wife, girlfriend at the time, children of immigrants, she was like, no, I was like, I'm going to study music because I like it. She's like, no, you study something and you get a job. And you play music on Saturdays. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> get a job, you idiot. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Uh and she's fucking right. Like, like, that's the practical thing to do. Now, I don't think I forsook my my uh passion and and dreams. I still play guitar with to as many fans as I would have had elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's not, you know, like it's a, it's a sort of thing that people like he does, he does kind of address this in the book, right? Like we're kind of like victims as a society of our own success. Like when you don't have any challenges, you need to invent challenges. So a couple generations ago when it was just, it really sucked to survive. Like it was much more just difficult to get through your day, to do more backbreaking kind of work, to not be entertained all the time. To not have the shit you want always. To have to kind of endure. People are good. Like, this is this is challenging. Life is challenging enough, and we'll find the good stuff in it. But now, like we have like none of those challenges. So people kind of concoct them.
2: You, know, Do say, you remember oh, uh, toothpaste for dinner? The uh, comic, yeah. There was one. It Was the just the guy saying like this? Kid, this was this was probably six or seven years ago. When we wrote the comic Was like Do you remember when we used to Have to like wait for a bus And we just Couldn't go on our phone Look at the internet And just be entertained You just have to sit there And stare into space I do Because it was five fucking years ago Yeah Like
0: Yeah Another one Just another (laughs) little line Just like that is Yeah I saw this person Sitting at a coffee shop Not looking at their phone Not looking at an iPad Just kind (laughs) of sitting there Drinking their coffee like a psychopath. <laughs> 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 That's true. Yeah. Like, I can't... And you know what? Uh, I is their phone dead? Myself, you have to wonder. Like, are they okay? <laughs> if I... It is quite difficult now to just sit and not be entertained by anything. You know? It is... Because it, it, my phone is always in my pocket. <laughs> I can always take it out and just either have a book to read, because I have books on my phone, or look the entire
1: internet... <laughs> Many well, people he, haven't. He kind of mentions this too in the book. Um, he doesn't use the term FOMO, but he kind of describes it early on in the book about when you go on social media and you go on the news and whatever, you just see like the most. You see the the ends of the bell curve of human accomplishment. Yeah, and that makes you feel mm-hmm. shitty. That makes you feel less than. When I mean, you could feel better than the you know 1200 pound person who can't leave their bed but you also feel really shitty because you look at the fitness model with 5 million followers who seems to be living the flawless perfect life doing cocaine on a boat and just never actually working out but just being cut well that's what cocaine is for if only it were that simple
2: it's just expensive
1: a lot of (laughs) a lot of cocaine
2: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, he's right. But it, these things are all shit that's been said elsewhere for totally. years. So it's just what makes this book different. He says, fuck more.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's all. his one self-help book. There's one. They just recycle it. Here's my self-help book. I'm going to try to angle this towards dudes in their 30s. Or I'm going to try to sell this towards women who are divorced and then they are in their 50s. Or I'm going to try to sell this to people who are nervous. Or I'm going to try to sell this to people who feel like they, you know, have not lived up to their potential. People who, So whatever. why is
0: it that there's only one self-help book? Is it because it doesn't work?
1: No, or is it because I think it does work. It's because it's, it's hard that, to do. Or it's because,
0: yeah, it's, it's just, Yeah,
1: it's not, it's hard to do, and we don't want to fucking hear it. Like it's nobody wants to hear the harsh truths of your life, like hey, you know, it's, it's you. It's not the world. It's you. And you could fix it, but you're too lazy, distracted, whatever to do it. And no one can give you a blueprint. You need to go do the hard work of even making the blueprint to figure it out. No one wants to do that.
2: But also, that perspective is probably what the books are. But the truth is, for many people, it is the world. It's not necessarily you. Like, it's hard. It's fucking hard just to get through shit. And not everybody, most people, are not going to get the chance to, like, live a fulfilling, incredible life with a career that they really appreciate and feel like they're doing something worthy. They can't. They can't. You're talking about...
0: I the highest level on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like the peak. Self-actualization. Really most people are not either struggling or like their day is just, you know, all their time is taken up by trying to
2: get through the first couple of levels of Maslow's hierarchy. They, they are the Jews pulling the blocks to make the pyramid.
1: Not true. Wasn't Jews. Don't believe their Zionist lies, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with you. I don't think, I think you're, you're defining success in a pretty rarefied way. I, I think, think I'm most, defining success the way he defines it. He doesn't define it that highbrow. He, I mean, he does and does not. Right? He, he says like, you don't need to be special, but he's special. He does
2: the same thing every so help I don't mean just in terms there. of being special. I'm in terms of like, even not, it's not, it's not special to do something that you like. Or maybe it is. And maybe it's that's special the problem.
1: to do something that you like and expect that to be enough to, to yeah, pay so for your life. maybe that's the problem. That's
2: special. Most of us will never get there. So, I mean, maybe I'm just, I, mean, I don't mean like, most people aren't going to get the opportunity to do that. And they're okay with working a job that is fine just to get through things and like support their family, which is, their family is important to them, or like, they, you know, so they can go on vacation once a year, or like they can do their art on the side, and it sustains them for that. And that's what makes it worth it. But a lot of these books are just like, they're very fucking almost like multi-level marketing shit where it's like, you can do this if you put the work in. If you don't put the work in, that's on you. For a lot of people, they're never going to be able to have this self-actualization. I'm They'll be able one... to have a fine time, but beyond that it's it's hard it's really hard
1: i think part of that is that a lot of the self actualization stuff requires like heavy psychology or psychiatry lifting <laughs> like yeah. to understand and process why you feel a certain way why this is important to you why this make this scares you or etc
2: and we might be the first generation for whom that isn't quote-unquote gay
1: or straight-up crazy. Who was yeah. that fucking vice presidential candidate that in the 70s? Oh, Eagleton. I knew he, he had would know this. He had a history
0: of depression, <laughs> he, and he had electroshock stuff. therapy. And, he was there. And it came <laughs> and <laughs> God damn Goddamn, these it Republicans came out screwing my guy again. This was in 1972. He was literally named as vice president at the Democratic uh, Convention, and then came out... Five days later that, you know, oh, he had had electroshock therapy uh, earlier in his life, you know, treatment for depression or something like that. And the 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 criticism of, like the, the media shitstorm was so big, he had to drop, they had to drop him from the ticket.
1: And ironically, that made him depressed again. <laughs> <And> this time, <laughs> the treatment, lobotomy.
2: Oh, That's man. true. Did they That's really? No. <laughs> well, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> no. It was the 70s. They killed the uh, co- lobotomy. Well, yeah, that's what he I mean am like, l- saying just did a lot of blow. We might be the first generation for whom thinking about what you really want is an acceptable answer.
1: Well, because there's and the for not even all of us of time and
2: resources to do that to a select group of this generation. Ignoring Most of the, the earth like, is like they still don't get that ignoring the like the macho
1: elements of you know our grandfather or nate's children's generation (laughs) who were (laughs) just i don't know that you know that's not for men like there were no fucking iowa dirt farmers who even had the time at the end of the day a hundred years ago to be like i wonder what i really was meant to do on this earth (laughs) it's like now I got to get this fucking sod into the shape of a house.
0: Before winter, there was no time. It's not
2: that bad, still, but it is effectively, relatively similar for a lot of people, Whereas, like you got to work to to live, and but you might I would not say... have time to figure out your, you know, your inner goddess. I would say
1: at the same time though meaning in your life doesn't isn't i think we have a very romantic view of what that is of finding the perfect fit career for your passions and skills and inclinations and it's We're profitable also all enough for to you this as live our the, career well that's a significant part of it like you can't yeah. have to fucking make money in this world like that that's inescapable you have to have a, you have to sustain yourself. Somehow. Unless you just inherit a shitload of it, but you know. But fuck yeah. those rich people. They don't yeah. need self help books. They have they have drugs. Like the guy who wrote this. Well, he apparently I mean, had he a lot still of like to make money, but you know he was wealthy growing up. He admits it. We're defining. Oh, yeah. We're describing this success in our own lens, right? Like, oh, I will be able to do these things that are important to me, and I will have a job that I feel is rewarding and important. There are plenty of jobs that just need to get fucking done that aren't very rewarding.
2: Most of them. Well,
1: a lot of them. And you could find meaning in that job, though. You know, and this isn't me trying to be like, the poor people need to appreciate what they have. But, like, you can find (laughs) meaning and you could find pleasure in doing your job well. And that's something that's kind of in this book, too. And while it sounds like a dick statement coming from a rich kid, there's truth to that. I mean, that's really? it's like one of the things that I said, this is like stoicism for, for toddlers. Like stoicism, like one of the main ideas is like being virtuous is a reward in its own right. Like that's the thing you're supposed to do. And one of the virtu- being virtuous is like fucking doing a good job at things. And we kind of don't have that in our society. And And he kind of gets at it a little bit in this book. And I think that's a valuable thing too. Like you have to do your work. Do a good job of it. Don't be a lazy piece of shit. That will make you feel better in some ways.
2: We're I not always.
1: Not always, but that's also part of this book. You're not always going to feel great.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, most of it is going to be this is what you got to do. And you find your meaning elsewhere. And that's okay because that's, that's where we live in and that's fine. But it's also a lot of this, a lot of this is not going to apply to a lot of people. I think
1: the general ideas will apply to all people because it's general shit. There's nothing here that's very yeah. special.
2: There's nothing here that's, that hasn't been said before. It's like that uh, the thing I read about the, the Jordan Peterson book. It was like, everything that's true isn't new. Everything that's new isn't necessarily true.
1: Well, there's a lot of parallels between this and the, the first... I only read the first Jordan Peterson book. The, the, the 12 first 12 rules. rules.
2: Yeah, because that's general advice.
1: And they were they were very similar they're like you do might not a want to read the job. rest of those
2: books you might not want to read the rest of the books
1: <laughs> i might have an idea for next christmas but <laughs> you know they are general ideas like do a good job don't lie basic clean things. your room clean your room is one of them yeah
2: present one them was, confidence one of them was uh, if you have problems you are not fit to give advice to anybody else well that's that's just a recycling of the f- people in glass houses thing yeah that's just funny because he was living in a very glass house at the time <laughs> it, was, it was made out of oxy it's not it's not a, yeah i mean it's it might made be a glass i don't know about chemistry was, that well it's if you cook it clean enough the method's glass you know, <laughs> i saw breaking bad it's a documentary <laughs> but again the, all these self-help books tell you the same shit they just try to present it
1: in a different way they try to different, find a word on the,
2: the cover different picture aimed at different different demographic
1: and for a small number of people, it works at least a little bit of the time. That's at least
0: he didn't say it was, you just, it's magic, like, like the secret. Like, just believe in it hard enough, and, you know, the universe will provide
2: it. Or like Dianetics. Well, Dianetics, I mean, you, you have to do the work. You gotta, you gotta get audited. You gotta file away your engrams. That Actually, but, Dianetics but, had more practical, step-by-step shit in it than this did. I mean, it's all incredible. insane. Mean, it wasn't real, but in terms of offering a positive, like, like step-by-step plan for what this. to do, <laughs> it did.
0: It definitely did that, yeah.
2: It was all insane, but <laughs> it provided more of a step-by-step.
0: I mean, really, you're right. Dianetics kind of was a self-help book of its
1: time. Absolutely,
2: It was. It was. Absolutely was. Except they, it's a new kind of science, which this is just a new kind of... A new kind of fuck. I don't know. New kind, of, new kind of fuck. Oh, God, a third hole? A fourth? <laughs> new kind of fuck. <laughs> Isn't that the uh, the futurist Rick James album he put out in 1979 when he was on a lot of L- LSD? New kind
1: of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, so at the end of the day, I think we could agree, in general, this book has nothing new in it that you have not found in other books and you probably already knew. Is that fair?
2: It had nothing in it that we but did not But the advice know. itself
1: isn't necessarily bad either.
2: No, it's it's not just a not a bad. Original. Yeah. I mean there's 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 things in this that um are tr- are you know good advice and interesting information, but that is I've seen elsewhere like better for some of it. Like he dips his toes in the water of like an anti-consumption thing at the beginning about like, don't buy dumb shit. It's, you don't get happiness that way. And it's like, oh, okay, where are we going with this? And then he never mentions it again. And like, I just read a whole book about the effects of consumption on people and the earth. And it's like an incredible, interesting topic. And he just mentions it in passing. And by the way, it's like, and you shouldn't give a fuck about Oreos because Oreos are not going to make you happy. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, man. But we all know that. Everyone knows that. None of this is stuff that hasn't been said a million times. And often better elsewhere and more specific topic-oriented stuff.
1: Who should, who should, are we going to say who should read it? Eh, kind
2: of nobody. But, you know, no one should. Some fuckers should. Dumb fucks. I mean, I don't know. It's the same as, as you can read any self-help book and get the same shit from it. It's like, I'm not going to recommend anyone read any self-help books. Except very, 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 very practical ones. Like, how to do woodworking. Or, like, how to fix a sink. Like, very I think this is just called a topics. manual. Yeah. <laughs> what is a manual but a self-help book on a, a very limited topic?
0: Self-help book for professionals who need to learn how to do a thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a few out there that are, like, if it's about, like, a very concrete subject, like how to make a budget, that's super useful. If it's, like, how to get in touch with your inner child, no, not super useful. Especially if you're a priest Then it actually might be useful I'll take that back
1: That's a different How to get in touch in a child How to touch in a child I think is how that's phrased
2: It's different It's with your penis You don't have to read the book now (laughs) Just saved you 20 bucks (laughs) (laughs) Lawyers (laughs) cost a lot though So yeah I think The diocese will pay for it They always do Bring us home, Nate
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, send your self-help advice to DrunkEyesBookClub at gmail.com No Follow us on Twitter
2: at DrunkEyesBC Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk eyes book Club.
1: And if you've listened this long, why not leave a review? Just write it to five stars, one for each uh, thousand times he says fuck in this book uh, And if you uh, Also want to support the podcast Head over to Patreon.com slash club where you can support us there Or just go tell someone to check it out
2: Tell them to give a fuck about this And you can fuck at goodreads.com with us. (laughs) I mean, I think you can. I don't know. I haven't explored all the options yet. Or at least
0: read about it. (laughs) And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.